Hey everyone, it's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, podcast, where we talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized enterprises. Today, I've got Lindsay Brownson on with me today, who is from Spark Collective, and we're going to be talking about um, a little bit between the ear stuff, uh, about people that are owning businesses and operating businesses. And um, for those of you in the audience who are planning to buy a business one day, I think this is very apropos because it can help lay the foundation for thinking about some of this mental stuff that's going to be important once you become a business owner. Um, Lindsay, why don't we start by having you talk a little bit about your history and how you got into the business that you're that you're doing today, working with people. Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for having me. It's always really a pleasure to talk about business and entrepreneurship and and brain stuff, the between the ears stuff. I love how you put that. Um, so that's definitely my my passion, my favorite topic. So I have I've been an entrepreneur for the majority of my career. Um, I started my first business in my early twenties. Um, it's been now over 13 years in total that I've been out on my own doing a few different businesses. Um, really, I, I have had, like everyone, a, a long meandering path of kind of finding my way and um, connecting to what I really do consider at this point to be my purpose. And one of the big things along the way, so I started as an interior designer. Um, I went to school for visual communications and marketing and graphic design, and then interior design school again. It was sort of a back and forth. Um, I've had businesses in both. Um, the company that I have now, Spark Collaborative, I've had for nine years, and we started out as a social media marketing agency, which um, evolved into a branding and marketing agency very quickly, um, and we worked with all kinds of small businesses that um, primarily service providers, but a little bit of both e-commerce and, mm -hmm. um, and service professionals in developing a brand and a message that they really felt was aligned with them. So um, a lot of what was really coming up in, in early days was companies feeling like they were supposed to be branding and marketing themselves a certain way, that the positioning was really dictated outside of them. So it was about like knowing your market really well, speaking exactly to them, speaking their language, and all of those things make sense, but there was a really big disconnect for a lot of our clients in feeling like, well, but that doesn't quite sound like me. And so as we kind of uh, move into this topic of, of burnout and purpose, um, I think it's really important to highlight that that's been a big part of the, the journey for me and the work that we've done with clients is really helping um, bridge that gap so that companies are positioned in a way that they feel really good about what they're doing um, out in the world, what they're doing for their clients and customers, and that they're able to speak a language that also really resonates with them. Mm. So okay. it's been many years in the making, um, but that's where we are now. And so, and so what you're doing today, I mean, we're talking today about burnout and we're talking about um, momentum and we're talking about finding purpose and joy in your business. And so um, the, the burnout part, is this because of that disconnect? Is that one of the reasons why people end up in this space where, where they're not quite happy with what's going on in the business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think that that is one of the biggest reasons that small businesses ultimately fail or that people decide to sell their businesses or they, they start to look for other businesses um, that they are. I'm so sorry. My dogs are freaking out. That's okay. That's okay. 
If, if anyone's distracted by the dog, all I have to do is point out the backgrounds from both of our images and it becomes absolutely clear that everything you said about interior design is true. Anyway, <laughs> so no one's going to remember about the dog now. Okay, carry on. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is so burnout and fatigue it, that goes hand in hand with momentum. So I, what I've seen a lot for especially small business owners, but I really do think this applies across the board, is that we, we get into the cycle where we're really um, hustling, we're working towards something big, we have a vision in mind, and we start to get traction, we start to get momentum with it, but it's all coming from a place of that hustle. It's all coming from this mental scarcity that we don't have enough yet, that the business isn't right yet, that something's not, um, that something is broken, that we need to fix. And as soon as we fix it, we'll be on the other side and our business will look different or it will have more value and then we can sell it. And, you know, there's so many things that go on in our heads as entrepreneurs. It's, it's never ending, right? Um, well, it's, so it's, it's interesting. It's it, sorry, but it's interesting what you say about we, it's almost like some people will have this idea that once a certain set of criteria are achieved, then they'll be entitled to a change in outlook or mindset. Yes, right? exactly. And, yeah. And, and, and this is something that I've run into a lot with people and, um, and they often don't realize that the, the goal marker or whatever it is that they've set, uh, usually will never ever be. You'll just never get there, right? Right. <laughs> and ultimately what we do find is that we will, we will burn out at every level. So you can mm. burn out when you are experiencing massive growth and there's a lot of things happening and, and things seem really great on the outside. You can burn out when your business has stalled out, when things are not going well or when something has shifted in, in the market and you're not quite able to touch into it. So we do, we kind of associate it with overworking ourselves and mm -hmm. that's never the case. That's, that's not where it really comes from. Uh, well, that's interesting because because that's what my first assumption is is that burnout and fatigue comes from the continuous, you know, long hours of of just working, working, working. Where I see it a lot is when people are trying to achieve certain financial targets in the business and they're not ready to invest in bringing on help, you know, other people to help with the workload and things like this, and so they end up working themselves to the bone, and it's just actual exhaustion. So, so what are these other kinds of burnout that you're talking about? Yeah. So it really is ultimately an exhaustion of resources. Um, and that can happen when you are just working like crazy hours. But if we go back to the core of what's causing burnout, it's that that sense of scarcity. It's that idea that something will be better or something will be different on mm. the other side of you doing all of these things. And so it's the, the problem with that. So we experience this very frequently or we talk about it frequently as people who are working themselves too hard. But as I said, you can experience exactly the same thing when you're in a phase where nothing's really happening. Um, and it's all coming from that place of scarcity. It's, it's the belief that you have to work harder or think harder or do something differently in order to achieve what it is that you're really setting your sights on. And anytime you're coming from that, that place of lack, you're really going to, um, you're not going to build in a healthy, sustainable way. Hmm. And so that's really what we're trying to do. Like, I, I like to remind people that your business has value at every level. 
And the best thing that you can do is to work on, to focus on maximizing your value at that level. Instead of being so forward focused that all you can think about is what it's going to look like a year from now or five mm -hmm. years from now, or once you sell it or once you hire, um, to really be focused on like, what are the things that are in place right now? What's working right now? And how can we continue to develop that? Because, um, you know, talking about momentum, how we get mm -hmm. momentum is that we take these small incremental steps toward that big thing. And then the compound effect happens when we try to rush that, when we try to push everything into this very small window of time um, to create that momentum faster, that's actually just, that's, that's setting us back in so many ways. And burnout is one of the significant ones. Mm. You know, it's, it's interesting when I had my, my business brokerage office, uh, burnout, fatigue, and boredom. I kind of put those into the same category together. They were actually the biggest number one reason why people came in to sell their business. They would just, they would use certain language like my heart's just not in it anymore. Um, you know, I, I, I find myself distracted. I'm, I'm more interested in other things. Um, I've been doing it for enough time. And, and what was interesting is, is often they, they're trying to, they're trying to, you know, position themselves in a position of strength where it's like, I'm interested in other things. And if the right person came along with the right offer, I might be interested in selling. And I, and I used to diffuse that a little bit with, with a couple of questions. And one of my favorite one was, um, when your cell phone rings, who are you more afraid of customers or employees? And, and by asking the question that way, um, it, it was funny because a lot of them would immediately become disarmed and, and they would, they would realize that they're, they're, posturing wasn't working that I could see through it. Um, because I've just seen it so many times where, where people are so tired of dealing with whatever it is that they've been dealing with on and on and on they're, they're They just distract themselves. They want to run and hide. They don't want to be around the office. And <clears throat> I would always say to these people, like, because of your state of mind, we have to work on selling the business as quickly as possible because you're not going to be putting into this business anymore the passion and the energy that is required to keep it working well. And so eventually the sales will slip, the performance will start to decline and the values can start to fall. So we have to move on quickly from this place. But you're telling me that there are ways that people can actually do some work to work through these problems and then find a little bit more energy and passion and keep going. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it really comes back to what's the life that you want to have? What do you want to build? Mm -hmm. um, because I, I think a lot of times people are, people do consider selling a business or shifting a business um, in moments where they maybe are just thinking that that's their, one of their only options. People love mm -hmm. to give themselves two options and they both kind of suck. Uh, and then try to figure out then really struggle with the decision of this or that and you know you have you have more than two options, but usually, you know, very frequently when people are burnt out and they're wanting to get out of their business, it's because they're not considering all of those options. And so I think it, it kind of depends if you, if I like to ask the question, if all of your options were going to give you the perfect result, if things were going to go really well, no matter what happened, what would you want to do then? Mm. Um, and, you know, and one of the, like the little pieces of my story is that I, so I've had three major burnout in my life. And in the first two, I ended up quitting, leaving my business. And one of them, we got very close to selling. Um, and it just like, we didn't have the heart to keep going. It needed a little mm -hmm. bit more put into it from the creative side, from what we were actually um, bringing to the table. And we just couldn't do it anymore. 
Um, and so we ended up just closing the business and actually not selling it. And looking back on that, that's, you know, I don't regret anything, but looking back on that, I see that there was such a big opportunity there mm -hmm. to really, if, if we had been willing to create some space and to really start to look at things um, from a more objective state of mind, that we probably would have made some different decisions. Mm. What now, now, what are some of the earliest signs that someone can see in themselves that they're headed down this path? I think the most obvious one is when you are dreading getting up in the morning or dreading going to work. Mm -hmm. um, so people do start to recognize that they are tired and they're busy. Um, but in the early stages, it's, it's very easy to brush that off and just, and again, to think that on the other side of this, on the other side of a season or a period, or once you get that marketing person hired, or, you know, to, to kind of push off the relief of this experience. But I think as soon as you start to feel that, as soon as you're starting to feel like I'm not loving going to work, it's actually, that's the best moment you could possibly step back and, and start to look at things from a different perspective. Um, I also see this happen a lot with indecision. So when you're trying to make decisions for the business, um, small or large, I think the small ones are even more indicative sometimes. Um, but you're, you're really struggling to go between this and that. Like I said, A and B both kind of suck and you can't decide which one. Um, Obviously, obsessively overworking, getting, you know, forcing yourself to like grind it out or feel that hustle. Um, that's, that's a big one. I also see a lot of people who get stuck in um, comparison syndrome and um, starting to spend a lot of time looking at their competitors, um, buying courses, trying to hire small level, like low level people to, um, to offset the amount of time that they're spending in their business when they haven't really come to that big picture conclusion yet. Mm. They haven't really looked they don't at have a what, plan. Yeah. And they're, so they're just really trying everything that they can possibly try to solve these little problems instead of actually going big picture. Well, you know, you mentioned there about decision-making and we're also talking about momentum. And so I, I can definitely see how failing to make decisions, you know, is going to cause the whole thing to grind to a halt. I've, and, I've, and I've seen that several times. And in fact, one of my clients um, for almost a year and a half talked about how they needed a certain position in their company um, and, and a certain specialist in their company. And uh, for a year and a half, I've been saying, okay, well, have you tried to hire? Have you posted an ad? And they go, yeah, but we didn't even get any, you know, good candidates. I said, great, hire a headhunter. Well, that's going to cost 10 grand. Okay. But we're going to have someone in like 60 days, right? So let's do it. So after a year and a half, they finally hired the headhunter. And so now they're, they're free to move forward. They're free to actually progress. Um, because, and then they would like over the last year they just kept complaining about how things weren't changing and weren't growing and their inventory system wasn't you know expanding and what have you and I just said well, where's the purchaser right and they they just weren't making the decision um, so so I can definitely see how this stuff is all tied together um, so let's talk a little bit about that about that purpose part um, because one of the things that you had mentioned is that finding purpose in the business is one of these things that can help keep your arrow straight, right? We're talking about having a plan where we want to go. And, and so talk to us a little bit about that. In, in the first few times that you went through a burnout yourself, do you think that this was one of the key problems that you had? 
Yeah, I think that, um, so we as humans, we are, we are wired for purpose. We crave purpose. And one of the things that, um, that I think is really interesting, what's really fascinating to me is that we're in this state of our human evolution where we kind of have two brains happening. We have our, like our default mind or what people sometimes call the lizard brain, Mm -hmm. um, which is literally just wired to help keep us alive. And so there's a lot of things that happen that we don't even think about. We're just on default mode and we're always just trying to scan for problems and analyze, fix, save our own lives, and stay hidden. And then we have this prefrontal cortex, which allows us to envision our future before it happens and to imagine things and to feel um, excited about things in the future and to make plans and to actually move towards something that doesn't yet exist. And because we have that side of our brain, we have this deep-seated desire to have something outside of ourselves that we're working toward. And when we're missing that, when we feel, again, when we're coming from that scarcity feeling and we feel like it's not there yet um, or we can't tap into it, it very frequently, it slows us down. It, it will also kill momentum. And I think that there's, there's kind of two sides of the coin when it comes to purpose and burnout is that a lot of people they start their business and they have that at least a sense of purpose. So they have Mm -hmm. something they're working toward, but as they start to go through all of the other elements that are creating the burnout for them, they get further and further disconnected from that sense of purpose. So they actually kind of feel like they lose it. And that perpetuates the entire cycle of feeling like, well, what am I even doing this for? I'm working mm-hmm. myself to death. I don't love this work. I keep trying to you know, fix things by hiring, building a new website, doing Facebook ads, all the stuff. It's not working. Why am I even here? Um, and that can be, that, that's devastating to a business. And so the, the sense of purpose when you feel like you lose it is really problematic. It's also problematic when you feel like you've never found it in the first place. So I see a lot of people experiencing burnout because they feel like they've never been able to tap into that purpose. Like they really don't have the joy or the driver. Um, and you know, we're so we're we're blessed and cursed to have access to all of this information in the world, right? So people read tons of books about you know finding your why and knowing your purpose and, and the value of it, how important it is. And for those of us, and there are many who feel like, well, how do I find that? How do I know what my purpose is? I can't really define it. It's not a, a sentence in my mind like everybody else seems to have. They can really struggle and sort of keep themselves in that cycle of burnout as well because they're not actually moving towards something. Thing that feels purposeful. Hmm. You know, and, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, you talk about purpose and, and the word that comes to my mind is mission. And a lot of big companies will have mission statements. Mm-hmm. And, and if you read them, they're all very wishy-washy and watery typically. Mm-hmm. And people don't really ever refer to them. They don't read them often. And they don't, they don't think about them in the day to day. And <clears throat> I, I think this is a critical thing. You know, um, and in my business, I have a very clearly defined mission and I repeat it off and I talk about it all the time, <clears throat> but any business out there can have a mission. Like, um, you know, there's some landscapers that just came by and in a neighboring property a few minutes ago and they were, you know, doing the trimming and the lawn mowing and all that kind of stuff. And as you were talking about this, I was thinking about what kind of powerful mission could a landscape outfit have? And I was thinking about all kinds of great things like, you know, our mission is to make sure that your neighbors are envious of you. You know, like, like it doesn't have to necessarily be a noble, great thing. It can just be like, this is what we do. 
and we do it really well. And then this is what drives us every day and, and to be the best for us, but also so we can achieve this mission um, for other people. You know, for me personally, it's to help people avoid bad deals when buying and selling businesses, just because I've, I've had to talk to so many people over the course of my career who've made, have either been taken advantage of, or I've made terrible mistakes because of, of things that they didn't know and have lost a lot of money. And so, so that's my mission is just to make sure that I, I can do whatever I can to help and protect those people. And so what's your mission, Lindsay? Yeah, I, I love this question. So really, my mission is to help entrepreneurs keep going. Um, I believe that it that purpose is what drive us drives us in our lives. It is what gives us a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction. And really, the, the whole human life experience comes out of us feeling like we have a reason to, to keep going. And I... I see so frequently um, people really connected to something, even if they can't define it, something wonderful um, early on in their business and then really struggling to keep that going over the course of their career. And so sometimes that's multiple businesses. Sometimes it's, you know, multiple evolutions or iterations of their same business. Um, and it's, but it's hard. It's hard to keep momentum. It's hard to stay connected in the long run. In I like to think of this too as um, your business is like a relationship. It's like a partnership. Um, and so through the course of a marriage, let's say, you're going to have these phases, these ups and downs, and you have this continual like recommitment that you come back to, this thing that you always touch back into, like, why are you here? Why am I here today on this Wednesday? You know, and then you do it again on Friday. Why am I here? And so even though like you can see in the grand scheme of things, like I have the mission that I want to be, you know, married to the same partner for the rest of our lives and, and build this life together. We have that mission. And then in the moment, the day of the mission is I want to feel love in my life. I want to feel joy. I want have a partner and feel supported. And so it's things like that. It's, it's a very similar way of looking at that when it comes to your business and your career, that you're continually going out and finding ways to tap back into the mission in this moment. And I think that's far greater than a mission statement mm. um, that people, you know, maybe it logically makes sense, but if they're not emotionally connected to it in this moment, so it's almost like you need to be able to redefine your mission at any given point. And, and the time to do that is when you don't feel connected to it, is when you don't feel like your work is giving you what you want it to give you in your life. Can you give us some examples of people that, were, that you've worked with who are suffering from burnout that you've helped guide them back onto the path of, of being happy in their business? Sure. Yeah. So I have one of my very first clients. Um, was a is a landscape architect mm -hmm. and um, was operating a solo firm um, in high-end residential landscape architecture um, and but but was running everything by himself so he had worked at that point with a few outsourced contractors and he came to me um, initially for branding so he came for branding and marketing we redeveloped his entire brand and, and what this is sort of like early evolution for me so almost 10 mm -hmm. years ago um, what we found out really quickly was that in order to properly position him in order to properly brand in a way that, like I said earlier, would feel aligned and, and be sustainable in the long run. We had to get connected to his 
purpose, what he was doing there, what he wanted for the company ultimately. And um, this is a bit of a tangent, but even things like deciding on a business name, if you're calling something with your name on it versus mm -hmm. building an entity that is for multiple people, it's things like that, that we've got to be somewhat clear on. We don't have to be crystal clear on it, but we need to be somewhat clear on where we're going with this in order to, to find that, that bigger picture. Um, so at the time, he was very burnt out. He was doing everything and he wanted to rebrand because he wanted that refresh in his business and something to help him like get lit up again and get going again. And what we found is that we needed to actually step way back and look at why are you here? What is this business about? At that point, I think he'd been in business for five years, something like that. So mm -hmm. he was established um, and had been doing everything by himself up to that point. And so really feeling like, you know, I wish that I could hire, but I'm not in a position to do that yet. All I can do is like put my money into a website. And, you know, so there's a lot of those conversations, which is what I see so often with entrepreneurs. We just want to throw money at the problem, whichever way we think we can fix it as fast as possible. Um, so long story short, we, um, we did end up completely rebranding the company, but in order to do that, we restructured things. We got very clear on the, the direction that the business was going, the way that he personally wanted to live in his life. That's, to me, that's always the foundation with the people that I work with because I'm mm -hmm. concerned about the person, um, especially the person driving the bus in this situation because that's how we create value with our business is that the, it comes down from the top. Um, so we worked on his own, his lifestyle and how he was showing up every day and the way that he wanted to be as a leader and as a communicator um, and the role that he wanted to have within the company. And we very quickly started to figure out how we could put some people in place um, so that he could focus on the areas that he wanted to focus on. So we had to, in order to do that, we had to set aside some budget to hire. Um, we obviously had to set aside some budget to like really get through the, the, the branding and launching of the, the new brand and the website and some marketing pieces. Um, and so it was about a year long process from, from start to, to success. Um, but we brought in some people and we got reconnected to who his clients were and who he wanted to work with. And we got rid of some clients that he didn't want to work with. And so it was really a lot about coming back to that core what are we doing here what do you want for your life and how do we make sure that the business is built to sustain the life that you want to have that really is the key i mean the a business is a vehicle to get you somewhere where you want to be in your life and and i you know this is something i talk about quite often with clients you know the they'll be looking at buying a business or for example and and they'll ask me, you know, which business is better? Do you think is better this one or this one? And I'll say, well, what, what does your life look like? And what do you want it to look like? Right? Because it really is this just a vehicle to get you to what you want in your life. But if you're going to spend most of your time there, it can't be a drain on you. It's got to be something that you enjoy. Um, and I was, you know, I, I did a buyer seminar last night for a bunch of, uh, of newcomers to Canada. And, um, one of the things I was explaining to them is that when you buy a business, you actually have two hats on. You have your investor hat because you're trying to make a wise investment with your money, but you also have a job seeker hat because you're going to end up becoming the manager of this business. And it has to be something that you're going to envision enjoying every day. And, and then, you know, based on this conversation, you have to be able to see when you're in this, what will your mission be and how will you find fulfillment in the everyday work? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people are, um, 
afraid, maybe that's not quite the right word, but afraid to really like step back in order to see that, especially if you, when you're already in a business Mm -hmm. um, and you're feeling that sense of burnout, people are afraid that by seeing, by really looking at what's happening, that it's, they're going to be forced to make decisions that they don't want to make, forced to make decisions that maybe feel scary or to go in a different direction. Um, and people get very afraid of like losing what they've built. Well, um, and I think some people too feel like if they feel this burnout, that maybe that they aren't qualified to be in this position. They feel like other people must be tougher or more capable if they're able to deal with this and I can't. Um, I, I blame to a certain extent these ideas that float around about startup culture, about people who, you know, work insane hours to create, you know, the next Facebook or something like this. There's all this kind of messaging in in culture floating around about people who work themselves to the bone and how this is the idea of what an entrepreneur is supposed to be. In reality, you know, the when, when I meet people that are at the end of their career, when they want to look at selling a business because they want to retire and stuff, they don't live like that. They, they, they've gotten to where they are because they've learned how to make the business run well and they've learned what amount of time and energy they need to put into it. And they enjoy going there and they enjoy spending their time there because it's delivering for them. And, and all of this stuff fits together. So powerful message, Lindsay. Um, if, if people want to learn more and connect more with you, I know you've got a podcast and a website. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about how people can learn more about you and the work that you're doing? Fantastic. I would love to. Yes. So my podcast is called Spark and Victory. And I do short form interviews with entrepreneurs who have been around the block a few times. Um, Each season, we focus on a different theme. So we just finished season two, which was all about pivotal moments. But I have entrepreneurs come on and share a story of an experience that they've had that shaped their business. And they talk about before and they talk about after and the process of going through it. And it's really, it's relatable, I think, to every entrepreneur. Um, And it really gives some some great insight for people who are once again on that path trying to figure out how do I stay connected? How do I keep that momentum? Um, So I think it's it's a great resource for entrepreneurs at all kinds of stages. Um, It's it's definitely a passion project for me. I love being there. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I'm also online at sparkcollaborative.com. Um, that's where I have my, my coaching and creative direction um, agency. And I'm on social media as well. Instagram is, is kind of my favorite as, as an interior designer. <laughs> uh, visuals are my thing. So, uh, yeah. So I love, I love sharing videos and behind the scenes resources and all kinds of pretty things. That's, that's kind of my jam. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, Lindsay. And uh, I thought it was great. Great to have you on because I know this is a big, important topic uh, for people that are in business or are planning to be. So thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank you so much, David.